There's an interesting organization called the Make of the Wish Foundation. I don't know if you're familiar with it. And uh, a couple months ago, on my cousin's Facebook page, there's a picture of him at a Vikings home game, and it was his son's wish who had cancer. And to see the look on their faces, being from North Dakota, we were so far away from any professional team that the Vikings were really the only thing we had. But Fran Tarkington was good when I was a kid, and so it was okay. But the joy on their family's face after I know what they faced watching their 16-year-old go through cancer was pretty special. And I'm sure you all have friends that as a bonus to cancer, it's hard to think of it that way. They have these special opportunities that they create. When Jesus Christ was on the earth, he had wishes for us. He had hopes for us. He had things that he wanted to see happen for us. They were his dreams for his people. You're surrounded by those dreams. The core values really represent five of God's wishes for each one of us. Things that He hopes for us. Promises that He gives us. They speak to the cries of His heart. And so as we're coming into this new year, and as as the idea has been rattling in my head that this might be a year of dreaming, I thought that we needed to start by being reminded of some of the things that God already dreamed for us. Some of the things that He already wanted for us. Because so often when we bring up the idea of visions and dreams, what we end up thinking about is our own agenda. Things that we want. The ways we wish things were. As I was sitting talking to a person, they were a little older person, and they go to another church in the community, and they say, we have two services. We have the contemporary and the non-contemporary service. And they said, I really struggle with that contemporary service. I wish we would just only sing hymns. That's their agenda. But that isn't an agenda of Scripture. And so as we come into this new year, I want us to think about what God's heart is and what He wanted for us. And I want us to think through just some of the words that He said in different places. In the first place, probably the most unique place, because Jesus Christ's prayers are not recorded very much in Scripture. But John 17 is there, right? And in John 17, He explained His heart for us. And in John 17, He talked about His greatest heart for us was that we would have a real relationship with God. An intimate relationship with God. So let's talk about kingdom dreams this morning. And the first dream is also our first core value, which is to know. It's about reading and praying, and it's a goal to know God personally. Uh, You know, this is a frustrating one for me because I am your pastor and I spend hours every week studying so that I can teach you something about God. But I know that if you're really going to grow in your relationship with the Lord, that you need to spend your own time with the Lord. You need to figure this out on your own. You need to have your personal relationship with the Lord. I have a great relationship with Nancy Koenig. She is my best friend. But you can't have a relationship with her based on my relationship with her. 
That doesn't work that way. Some of you might know and appreciate her because of how I speak of my wife, but you don't know her personally. I want you to know the Lord personally. To have that deep relationship. That was Jesus' heart when he said this, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and the one whom you have sent, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ defined eternity as knowing God. And that isn't something that we begin later. That is something that we can begin now. So I I don't know what you're going to do in this year to live out this kingdom dream, but I encourage you to figure out a way to grow in your relationship with the Lord. I had a a conversation with a dear friend of mine who's struggling in the church he's in, and he says, I just don't feel fed there. And I said, "Maybe, maybe it's not completely their job. He goes, what do you mean? I said, how's your quiet time? How you, well, I'm really struggling with that. Well, then it sounds like we need to start there. You know, I've always said that what I give you here on Sunday is the leftovers from a great meal I already had with the Lord. And I don't know about you, Nancy makes good food, and I don't mind eating leftovers. But when she says it's fend for yourself leftover night, I'm not as excited <laughs> as when we get to sit at the meal table and it's fresh food. I want you to have fresh food because you sat at the table. I don't want you to eat somebody else's crumbs. And that means even in your own personal walk with the Lord, you've got to do more than read what other people say about the Lord. You've got to read the Bible and see what He says. How many have been reading the Bible for years and find new things all the time? How many have been married to the same person for several years and are still learning new things all the time? Okay, let's see. That's how it works. We've got to, I'm glad I saw these here. We've got to read the Bible. That was Jesus' heart. So here's my question for you. How does your relationship with Jesus Christ shape your schedule? You see, Jesus has to be scheduled in. He has to be a part of your life. Things that are a priority, we schedule in. We've got to schedule the Lord in. He has got to be a part of our life and our experience. Belong is the second one. To be a friend and help others know that they belong. Jesus cried on the night He was betrayed. He said this, I give you a new commandment. Love one another just as I have loved you. You must also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so one of the things that we need to do and we need to grow in is we need to grow in our relationships with each other. That was his heart. That was something that he said the night he was betrayed. That's something that he said in the Last Supper. He said the thing that he wanted them to be known by was their relationships with each other. Now, some of us have moved on in life long enough that we want to go, I've had enough relationships. I already have two friends. I'm done. Some of us want to say this. I've tried to have friends in life, and it's hard 
And so it's just easier to be a loner. The only person I can really trust is myself. And so I'm going to be my friend. But God's word, Jesus' heart was that there would be a growing relationship with other people, especially in the body of Christ. And I think that we've got to challenge ourselves in this way. How are we going to continue to grow in relationships with one another? How are we going to deepen that? Here's my question that goes with that. How does you being adopted into God's family impact your attentiveness to people? Because see, I think this is what it's about. One of the things I was reading an article about pastors, and I said, I am guilty of that is they said, pastors are really bad in a crowd because instead of giving you their attention, they're always looking over your shoulder, seeing who else needs attention. But think about this in your life. Who can you give the gift of your attention this year? Who can you give some time and allow them to be a part of your experience So I'm sitting doing this mindless work yesterday trying to make sure that we're all ready for all of these people that are going to hit the hotels today. Um, What was it? 310 hotel rooms. that We had to make sure everybody was in the right room and all that kind of stuff. And it was really fun giving this person attention and asking them questions and finding out about their lives and then all of a sudden they ask you questions and want to find out about your life. And all of a sudden, about two-thirds of the way through the conversation, you know what they said? Boy, we have so much in common. We're going to have to get together and spend some more time together. And I thought, you know, that, that this is what it's about. We need to give each other in this year the gift of attention because that was God's heart. God's heart would be that we were in real relationships with people. When we were between churches, we went to this large church. There were about a thousand people in every service. And we sat in the same place around the same eight people every week, and no one asked me my name. They stood up and we did greet your neighbor, and they shook my hand. When we sold our house and all of a sudden we were going to be homeless, we were in a church of a thousand people. And I thought, there's got to be someone in this group of a thousand people that has a home they're not using right now that I could live in. But even the people next to me, I didn't really even know who they were. How can this year, can we grow as a church family by giving each other more attention? and knowing what's going on in each other's lives. It's not the gift of days. It's usually the gift of five minutes, isn't it? So I was in charge of helping people that had problems when they were doing registration, the volunteers. And there were these people coming up. And I, and I came to realize real soon that there were people that probably hadn't had any conversation with anybody. So all of a sudden, I'm in front of them, and I'm seeing this line of people I've got to help. But they wanted to tell me about their day. (laughs) They wanted to tell me that their children were coming in to visit, and 
They wanted to tell me about um, why they loved to speak their original language. They wanted to tell me all these different things. And I realized at that point that they just needed five minutes of attention. They needed someone to love them. There are days when I need five minutes of attention and Sandy will show up here. (laughs) She'll come into my office and we'll talk for 30 minutes. And she'll tell me about what she's thinking and I'll tell her about what she's thinking. And it blesses my heart because God has called us to love one another and to give each other attention. Lend a hand. Contribute your resources and talents in both short-term and ongoing ministry of the church. The leadership doesn't say it out loud, and some of you think it at times, but there is a group of about 10 people that do a lot around here for all of us. Their fingerprints are everywhere in this church. My prayer this year is there'll be more of all of our fingerprints in this church. That there'll be ways that you can bless your church from the simple ways of taking care of this beautiful facility He's given us to ways that you're quietly in the lives of each other. I, I like hearing about the secret ministry you guys have to each other. Occasionally I'll hear about it. I'll hear about how so-and-so showed up at so-and-so's house and did something. Because ministry is larger than what takes place in this building, but we have got to take care of this place God's given us and these ministry that He's given us. We need to contribute. We need to lend a hand. We need to have our fingerprints places. You know, I'm glad that we had to paint the walls downstairs. Because if the walls didn't need painted, that means nothing happened here. But the fact that we have things that need painted and doors that need addressed and things that need cleaned means that something is happening here. This is not a museum. This is God's playground. So the question is, well, the passage is for we are His creation created in Christ Jesus for good works that He prepared ahead of time so that we would walk in them. So what does God want you to do this year for Him? How does He want you to be a kingdom person? How does He want you to be a part of the kingdom dream? What are the things that He has in mind? Not just your agenda of what you would prefer, but what do you want to do? How are you supposed to serve your King this year? Where does He want you to put your fingerprints? That's the question. Where are they supposed to go? Where should your fingerprints be found this year? In fact, it'd be very interesting to see where your fingerprints are already found. And where you're already giving your time and your money. One pastor put it this way. He says, I want you to spend a week with your salt shaker. And wherever you spend time, I want you to shake a little salt. And I want you to see where the piles are at the end of the week. And he says, I think for some of us, our piles are pretty tall in things that don't matter at all. And the things that matter the most aren't salty at all. Where does God want us to put our fingerprints this year?
See, that's a part of the kingdom dream, is that he created us to do things for him. Isn't that cool? In fact, Jesus said this thing, and I still read and I can't believe it. He said to his disciples that their work, that our work would be greater than his. Partially because he was only here for three years. We get a lifetime to serve him. So where are your fingerprints going to be this year? Witness. Tell his story as a verbal witness to the good news of Christ's death and resurrection. Listen to Jesus' words here. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that anyone should perish, but all shall come to reach repentance. The picture of Jesus is the one that's willing to leave the 99 to find the one, isn't it? That math doesn't make much sense unless you're the one. (laughs) Then that math is awesome. I have this program that is connected, and hopefully it's helping me. Some of you are much better at grammar and spelling than I am, but it's called Grammarily, and every week I get an update. It says, you have used this many more words than all of the people using Grammarily this year. Your accuracy is this much lower than everybody else that uses Grammarily this week. You know, You use this many unique weeks unique words this week. Your vocabulary is this much larger than people that use grammarly. And usually that number is pretty high because nobody else uses, do you know what kind of words? God words. Over this next year, I want our word count for Jesus to be really high. I want that wherever we are. Paul said that when we were even together, that we're supposed to speak to each other in psalms and scripture and words of praise. I want our God word count to go up this year. I think that's what God wants for us. That in places that we're at, that we can naturally speak of our relationship with the Lord and how much He loves us. That's what being a witness is. And our, our passion should be for the fact that we have, nat- we have neighbors that are going to hell. And people that we love that are going to hell. But more than that, if you really love someone, your word count should be high about them. Shouldn't it? How many of you here know that I love woodworking? All of you know why. Because my word count about word working is high. But I'm hoping that my word count about Jesus and my family is higher. So this is really a question about your spoken words. God's desire, he says, and you shall go into the world and you shall be my witnesses, right? All power is given to you so that you can do what? Be my witnesses. If something really matters to you, you talk about it. I've been spending a lot of time with a lot of people that don't go to church 
And some of the things that they have high word counts about, I don't give a rip about at all. And in light of eternity, they don't matter at all. But our word count about Jesus should be high. Do you have certain people you get together and you just end up talking about God? Isn't that good? You know, I, I know certain things are important. You know, I know some people love Auburn and other people like, love Ohio State, the Ohio State, you know. I, I, I walk around and, I, and I'm surprised by how many Michigan fans there are around the whole world. I just am. You know, is it just that, that, food, that those clothes were on discount so people just buy them? You know, I, I don't know what it is. But we need to talk and we need to have God words. And so I, I pray this year that a part of the kingdom dream is that our God count goes up. The one core value that is central to who we are as a church is to trust God more. It's come to mean words that are very strong to all of us, and it's about surrender. It's the daily process of learning to surrender to God's perfect will in each moment. Listen to the words of Jesus. He's looking over Jerusalem and he's weeping. And he says this, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I would have gathered you, your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you would not. In the Proverbs, the great the great teacher is trying to teach the young man. And in chapter 3, he says this. He says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. God's heart for us, His kingdom dream for us, is that we learn to trust Him. And that we're willing to set aside our agenda and follow His agenda. On the night Jesus was betrayed, He prayed and He says, not my will, my agenda, but your agenda being done. As we grow in our relationship with the Lord, I think that all of a sudden we are more willing to trust His agenda. I've watched places and I've worked places where all of a sudden there's the new boss. And the new boss says, this is what we need to do. And everybody goes, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Nobody trusts the new boss. But then as you grow in a relationship with the boss, all of a sudden you're like, the boss says, you know, I think we should do that. And you're going, well, that sounds like a pretty good idea. And even though in the back of your mind you're thinking, that's kind of crazy, you don't know if I really want to do that. Because you know the boss, you're willing to do what the boss asks. If you don't know Jesus, it's going to be hard to trust Him. But as you get to know Him, 
we can all of a sudden change. So the so the the question is, whose agenda is going to drive our lives this year? If you're married, that person can tell you how God-driven you are in your agenda and how selfish you are. But God is calling us to daily deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow Him. You see, as we dream, we have to dream inside the framework of what God wants. We, we can't be willy-nilly about this. I can remember my, my best friend in high school decided he wanted a new car radio, and he says, I prayed to God as I was driving to the store that if he didn't want me to have that car radio, he would let me know. Well, what is he going to do? Is he going to total your car? You know, there's a part of that that's silly, isn't it? You know, what, what's he going to do? All of a sudden, a voice from heaven says, Use the old AM radio. This is God. <laughs> this isn't the Wizard of Oz. But if you're not spending any time with God, you don't know what God wants, right? And if there's no God talking in your relationships with God's people, you're not used to talking about God or to God. You see how these all kind of fit together? So when it comes to dreams, here's, here's what I think we need to be thinking about this year. How does our schedule fit into God's dreams this year? Hmm? How, how does our attention fit into God's dreams this year? Where our fingerprints land this year, do they fit into God's dreams Will our word count reflect God's dreams? And will we know His agenda and live out His agenda instead of ours? You know, the other night, um, we were in the process of organizing everything, and we had to give clothing to 250 people, and we were trying to figure out how we were going to do it. And Sue Cameron finally asked Nancy, and she said, you've been here too long, go away. And so we left. And I got home, and about a half hour later, I got an idea of how we could do it. So I texted her and said, Sue, I got an idea how we can do it tomorrow. And she texted me back this. We've got it covered. Don't worry about it. And do you know what I thought? You don't want to hear my idea? I'm pretty smart. You, 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 don't, you don't want to hear my idea? I, I think my agenda could be really good for this. Occasionally, God says, this is what I want you to do. And we want to text him back. Hey, I got another idea. <laughs> and God says, no, I got this. We're going to go with my idea. And we want to text back. You don't want to hear my idea? <laughs> you don't want to go with my agenda? And he says to us what he, what he says in First Samuel, no, no, 
Because my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. And you look on the outside appearance and I look on the heart. Will you trust me and just go with my idea? Well, God, don't you want some input? I'm just here to help. (laughs) And when I got there the next morning, they'd gone to crazy lengths and had individually bagged everybody's clothing. And that wasn't my idea. My idea wasn't good enough. Their idea was better. (laughs) Can we have a heart to realize that God's ideas are always better? And that His dreams are always better? And can we learn to say yes, sir, to the God of heaven and set aside our agendas a little bit? Think of the words of Jesus Christ. Oh, how I longed, I longed to hold you close to me. Like a a hen longs to hold its children close to her. But you were unwilling. You had your own agenda. You couldn't trust me. Because all of these things are really tied up in trusting him, aren't they? God, I don't have time in my schedule. Is it okay if we just skip today and not spend time together? I'm busy serving you and doing good things. Is it okay? Well, or can we be like Hudson Taylor that said, I had so much going on that I knew I needed to get up earlier and have a longer quiet time. I'm not there yet. <laughs> but that's how he thought. God, God, um, I... I uh, I don't have time for other people right now. I, I, I need me time. I can't give somebody five minutes of attention. God, uh, I know there's things that need done, and I pray that somebody else will help. Uh, you don't need my fingerprints on that one. God, sometimes I feel awkward when I talk about you. So the reason my word count is down is because I'm afraid of what people would think if I include Jesus in my conversations. Even when I get together with other Christians, sometimes I feel that way, God. Our dreams this year of what we want God to do here, now that we've taken our year of rest, have to begin with God's agenda. They have to begin with dreaming for the kingdom. Someone caught me the other day in the parking lot and said, I know we're thinking about dreaming this year. This is my dream. I'm dreaming we need a parking lot police. And I said, well, and then she goes, oh, I know we don't need them yet. But I'm praying that so many people start showing up on Sundays that we need the police here. 
to help everybody get in and help everybody leave. Because so many people want to hear about Jesus that we need the police. And I thought, I like that dream. More than the children's games and some skating event, more than Iron Man needing the police, I want us to need the police. See, that's a kingdom dream. And that touches deeply the heart of the God that wants to know us and do things personally through us that we cannot even fathom or imagine. So let's live out what God already has dreamed for us. It's whispering from the walls of this church every Sunday to you. And then let's see what we can do together. As we increase, as we change our schedule, we, we give, him, give people our attention, we put our fingerprints in the work of God, our word count effect is affected by our relationship with God. And lastly, as first of all, we know and we live out the will of God in our midst. Let's pray together. In the quietness of this moment, God's going to say, okay, let's start here. This is where I want to start in your life. This is the beginning of this kingdom dream that I want to do inside of you. And I want you to say yes to what God is saying now. To that thing that He wants to do that way that He wants to change you. I want you to be one of God's dreams. Father God, thank You for being so clear with us that we know exactly what You're asking of us, that Your Word is so clear and so, God, I pray that we begin by giving You our attention this year. That our schedules would reflect the time we spend with You. That our fingerprints would reflect the way we serve You. That our word count would reflect how easily we speak of You. And that You begin changing the agenda of our lives to, to the, that which is self-serving, and is our preference to the surrender and trust that it takes to live out your agenda for each one of us. What a privilege to be chosen and used by the God of this universe to make a difference in His kingdom. We are humbled by the opportunity that you lay in front of us. We pray this in your name. Amen.